0: when you can hear the audio good morning everybody or good afternoon anyone anyway, you're hearing this it's monday it's december 7th it's 2020 and i'm here in austin texas in the headquarters in the little studio ready to do a show after what felt like a really long weekend how was your weekend was it any good hi Elwyn in the chat room you know I do this show live. If you want to tune in, you can do that at YouTube.com/slash Dan Benjamin. Just go there and uh, click the little bell, and it'll alert you when I do it. It also tweets out on Periscope somehow, so you can hit that button and follow along, join in for the excitement that it is the other news. I think that if I was going to call the show something else, I would call it the other news <clears throat> or in other news. But uh, over the weekend, you know, I've been building, been working on building my home gym since it's impossible to go to a gym. And over time, I've amassed a collection of all the stuff that you would find in a real gym. And I needed to get, you know, if you've ever been to a gym they have these rubber mats on the ground and they're big. They're like four by six and they're really heavy. And if you've, if you've ever done squatting or deadlifting or things like that, you definitely have been in a gym with these. Sometimes they have a platform. Sometimes the whole floor of the gym is covered by them and they're a great surface. And it turns out these for the most part in most gyms, these are actually horse mats. What the heck is a horse mat? Well, I found this out. I talked to a friend of mine who owns a gym and she told me, that uh, they are horse mats you can get at the tractor supply company. Uh, so I guess you put these things down in the pen of your, your horse's pen or stable or like on the ramp that leads out of the horse, you know, thing that attaches to the back of your truck, the trailer. I don't know what you're using, but basically they keep the horses from slipping around. But they also work really well as floor coverings for gyms and you can drop your weights on them and it doesn't get hurt and all that stuff so that is um, that is basically what I wound up having to buy and I had to get four of these things to cover the area that I needed to cover I probably should have got five or six but these things are really heavy and they're uh, incredibly challenging to move around and I looked at them and I'm like I don't know Uh, Elwin says I'm glad we're allowed to go to the gym over here We can go to the gym. You would just have to be really, really crazy to do it, I think, because everybody's breathing or breathing really hard in the gym, and they all wear the very thin little neoprene, you know, maskies. Uh, So not for me. Not going to happen. Not going to go to that gym. So I had to build my own stuff. So anyway, I had to go and pick these up and lay them out and reorganizing the garage and building everything and moving it all around it in and of itself was a workout that was completely exhausting. So, and I lived all the time and it was just moving these things, using your whole body for six hours. It gets, it gets tiring. I've just got to say, but there is a lot in the news. There's a lot that's been happening in the news And uh, I actually spent a little time over the weekend when I wasn't moving stuff around. I uh, came up with some different views for y'all to see. Let me set this thing up a little bit higher. Hold on. It's got to be higher. Higher. There. That's what I'm talking about right there. Much higher. Now I can actually see the buttons on the little screen deck. That's what's important being able to see the buttons. The project after this is to add the sound bites and the sound effects, but I'm going to need another monitor for that. So I got my kid a monitor. I found him a monitor that he's been wanting for his birthday. It's by MSI. And it's like, I think it's like a 21 inch and it's a gaming monitor and it's curved. It's all the, all this stuff. So once I give him that, that will free up my little $80 monitor that he's been using that I'll be able to put like, right over here, right there, and uh, then the soundboard will return your favorite. In the meantime, I have done a couple of different things. So there's some different views. There's this view, uh, hopefully you're watching this, so you can see me and the screen as I uh, you know, show you the different links and stuff, pretty cool. I got you this one, which is just the monitor like before, And this one that shows me and the browser. So you, you never have to spend even a split second, not looking at me because I know that's everybody wants to see that. So when I do the news now, look at that. See, I feel like I'm uh, on Twitch all of a sudden. So let me tell you about this monolith thing. They keep finding monoliths. I think this is the fourth. This is the fourth one. Uh, This one has appeared on the Isle of Wight. There was one in California. There was one in Utah. There was one in Romania. And I even saw today that there was one I heard was in Texas. But the thing is, I don't think that they're all the same. In other words, I, I don't think that these are one person or one being doing them. I think there's a lot of copycat stuff going on here. And there's nothing special about these monoliths. They're not made out of any kind of special material. They're not hard to explain how they were made. They're, so the, everyone keeps talking about how they're like Stanley Kubrick's 2001 monolith, but they're nothing like that. They're completely man-made and it's obvious that they're man-made. So eh, whatever. Uh, it's kind of neat, but at this point, and they're also showing up in very remote locations. That to me is a very human kind of a thing if it really, no one's thinking that these are aliens, by the way. But if if it was, they would show up in incredibly prominent locations or incredibly hard to reach locations, not in the outskirts of the Utah desert or something, but like uh, 100 feet underground inexplicably. You know what I'm saying? Something cool like that. Oh, do you remember back uh, uh, a while back, those sonic attacks, there were the U.S. diplomats uh, who were in um, China and Cuba, and they were starting to report these uh, sort of mysterious illnesses that they had. Well, um, they were described back then as sonic attacks, and a lot of the people who experienced trouble from them were having hearing issues and things like that. Um, they're now saying that they're consistent with the use of a directed microwave energy. This is an article on CNN. Uh, there was a report published by the National Academy of Sciences, and it says, overall, overall, directed pulsed RF, which stands for radio frequency energy, especially in those with distinct early manifestations, appears to be the most plausible mechanism in explaining these cases among those that the committee considered. That doesn't really say very much, does it? But what it says is the report does not conclude that the use of directed microwave energy in these instances was done deliberately, like some CIA spy stuff. They're just saying it happened. And we don't know why it happened. It just happened. But it was a 19-person committee of uh, medical and scientific experts. You can read the report. The show notes are going to be in uh, in today's episode, FM. I think it's slash 11. I know I'm supposed to track the number. Uh, But anyway, this is what they came out with. And the problems, what's going on today? The problems or troubles or problems was that they, they, well, they actually did a brain analysis of Mark Lindsay. He is a US diplomat who was stationed in China in 2017. He started to get headaches. Difficulty reading, irritability, oh my gosh. I'm, you know what? This show will never, never air. Irritability and memory problems and sleep problems. And his, maybe I need the MRI. His MRI showed 20 brain regions with abnormally low volumes. Things like memory, emotional regulation, motor skills, and I guess they thought this is from some kind of brain injury. And I guess they thought that it was some kind of microwave radiation or attack. But who could do that? Cuban officials deny it. China officials, of course, deny it. They deny everything. So who did it? Was it a third party? Was it Russia? Russia is one of the few countries that has used microwave technology offensively Uh, was it a rogue Cuban intelligence official working with Russia to do this and why we don't know Uh, okay here's something that's that's completely unrelated to uh, to anything but I saw this over the weekend and I just wanted to share it with y'all because it's amazing this is a video I want you all to see (laughs) There are ducks that are pouring out of a little house and uh, they get it's in the snow and they walk out into the snow. After about three seconds, nope, nope, they're going back into their little homestead again. Goodbye, goodbye, little ducks. And I thought that this was just the perfect analogy for not 2020, but how we feel about 2021. Very tentatively leaving the house, going outside and saying, nope, not this time, and then going back in. Now, this is a story that I read to my kids the other night at dinner because uh, it was just, it's just such a wonderful story. It's the story that I think, I mean, there's a downside to it, but there's a a very upside to it. Uh, Oh, and Bubby, hey, Bubby, in the chat, says, Dan, how do we prevent against these attacks? Tinfoil. I think it's called aluminum foil these days, uh, and I'm not sure if that works against microwave radiation attacks. I think if you're not a U.S. diplomat and you're not in Cuba or China or Russia, you're probably okay and you can ignore the need to wear the tinfoil hat but i recommend wearing one anyway so i just need to read this story to you california man punches 350 pound bear in the face to saved beloved dog buddy of course the dog's name is buddy the only better name for a dog than buddy is cody cody i'll just read it i'll just read it to you A California man ended up in a brawl with a bear to save his best friend, a pit bull named Buddy. According to reports, Buddy was playing outside Caleb Benham's Nevada County home the day before Thanksgiving when Benham heard a growl and saw a bear had the dog in its mouth. I heard a growl, looked about 75 feet down, and the bear was dragging him by the head. Honestly, the only thing I could think of was, save my baby. Benham did save Buddy by running out and punching the 350-pound bear in the face. He says, I just ran down there, plowed into the bear, tackled it, and grabbed it by the throat and started hitting it in the face and eye until it let go. It did let go. And then uh, here's, here's a little uh, video of Buddy it's after right the attack. He's the in side. one of those giant cones, and you can see right that there. his face right there right is, uh, is actually is got him right on the Cut up and, right. up and stitched up, and he looks okay. He's going to be okay. So, Buddy is going to make a full recovery. I just love the idea that he punched a bear. And you know that famous t shirt? The Haymaker t-shirt with the lumberjack-looking dude punching the bear. Ah, who wouldn't want to punch a bear and live to tell that story? But it keeps coming back. The bear has come back multiple times. And uh, Benham says it made an attack and had its food, and its food got taken, and it wants it back. And he doesn't know how to make it stop coming back. made me very happy to read that. Um, Another thing I've been hearing a lot of people tweeting and talking about Is that uh, the crown, the new season of The Crown, apparently is taking uh, some liberties with telling the story. And there are a lot of aspects to the story that maybe aren't true or that they have taken some uh, liberties with, if you will. And so, Netflix people have been calling on Netflix and saying, you know what? Uh, you must issue some kind of warning saying this is a fiction. It's not all true or it's not true at all or whatever. But Netflix says no. Responding to calls for a warning from culture secretary Oliver Dowden, the streaming giant, just say Netflix. I don't understand this language. I, I, I have an English degree and I know how to write And uh, I'm not a bad writer either, but I don't want this kind of color in a news story. It doesn't add anything. In my opinion, it detracts from the essence of the story. It takes away from the importance of the story. I want the news. If I wanted more than the news, I would tune into a a podcast or video like this one where I'm going to get some commentary on stuff like that. But I don't want the commentary. I don't want the colorful language. Just tell me exactly what's going on. That's it. That's all I need. Responding to calls for a warning from Culture Secretary of the Town, the streaming giant said the series has always been billed as a drama. As a result, we have no plans and see no need to add a disclaimer, it said. Mr. Dowden earlier said younger viewers, and you shouldn't have younger viewers watching this anyway, younger viewers may mistake fiction for fact when watching the fourth series, which shows the breakdown of the marriage between the prince and the princess of Wales. And uh, the creator, Peter Morgan, has said that the show is an act of creative imagination with constant push-pull between research and drama. Now, here's the thing. This, again, goes back to just what we were talking about last week, which is, is it the responsibility of a place like Netflix or YouTube or something like that? Is it their responsibility to protect us from what we might interpret as a falsehood or truth in other words if I tell you something that is completely false depending on how false it is you might believe it okay so for example if I were to tell you I'm broadcasting to you live and direct from Mars guess what you know I'm not don't you you don't need to check you don't need to see if we're currently have a base on Mars you don't need to see if I went to Mars. You don't need to see if we can live stream. You don't need to see any of that. You know right away. No, he's not from Mars. He's not. He's just not in Mars. Well, maybe I'm from Mars, but I'm not broadcasting to you from Mars. You just know that, right? If you were four years old and I put on a space helmet and said, I'm coming to you from Mars, some four-year-olds might believe that. Now, is that a risk? What if the four-year-old believes that I'm broadcasting it from Mars? Not a big deal, right? Not a big deal. Okay. In this situation, the streaming giant, also known as Netflix, has producing a show. It's a TV show like all the other shows. The show does not say, this is a true story. For example, like Fargo, which is not a true story that says it is. It doesn't say, this is a documentary. This is a true story. These events happened. It doesn't say that. It just says, here's a show. It's about the, uh, the royals in England. That's what it's about. That's all they said here. It's telling a story. Are they obligated to have some kind of warning? Would Netflix put up a warning for that? Is it necessary? If I were to tell you something a little more realistic, like, I'm actually not broadcasting to you from Austin today. Today, I'm coming to you from Plano, Plano, Texas. You'd probably believe me. It wouldn't be true but you might believe me, but what would be the consequences of that? What if somebody watched this show and thought that this was real, a younger viewer like they're talking about? Would that be a tragedy of some kind? Would this be something that would be completely uh, unacceptable? Isn't it something they could verify? Couldn't they look up the information? If every single media outlet in the world was reporting that this was fact and reporting stories about it as fact, I could see that being an issue. But if it's just one source and that source is known for making dramas and it's called a drama, do you have to worry about it? Sandy's as shocked as I was to find out that Fargo is not a true story. Did you like the most recent season of Fargo? It was hit or miss for me. I really liked Chris Rock in it. And I liked the whole storyline with Chris Rock in it, but, there were a lot of things that I was like, this didn't really feel like Fargo to me. I kind of liked Fargo to take place in Fargo, not just have a character from Fargo, but to actually be about Fargo. Should it still be called Fargo anymore? I don't know the answer. Okay, here is, I, I, okay. Let's talk about this next story. You know, how you've all heard that you lose your taste of, uh, your sense of taste and smell. (laughs) Make any sentences today. You lose your sense of taste and smell when you have the coronavirus. Many people do, maybe most. Well, there's a woman here uh, that said, uh, You know what? I'm going to put this to the test. So the headline is Woman with Coronavirus Eats Super Spicy Meal After Losing Sense of Taste, documents body's weirdest reaction. And she says, My entire body was sweating, my eyeballs. We're sweating. Now, I don't know how you prove that. I don't know if you can tell that your eyeballs are are sweating, uh, but the the person posted this on Reddit, and her she goes by stinky underscore cat underscore toes. So I reached out to her on Reddit and invited her to come on this show and to tell her story, but she hasn't gotten back to me yet. Uh, I, I understand. She may have felt like she's told the whole story. But basically, uh, she lost her sense of taste and smell due to coronavirus, and she said that uh, she was running out of ways to occupy her time. And, and uh, she says, well, yesterday it happened. I lost all smell and taste. Um, she says, weird, but at least it gave me something to do. I promptly drank black coffee. Now, hold on. When I hear that, that, that her first way to test it was to do something as crazy as having just black coffee without cream and sugar or other flavorings in it. This is how far, I just want to share with you, this is how far gone this woman was that she would consider trying just black coffee without something in it. How crazy is that? Can you believe that? That that is how she went, well, I've lost my taste and smell. I better do something crazy like have some black coffee. Unthinkable, I know. Please don't unfriend me. I'm going to try some just black coffee. And this, it's a little weird. I know it's a little crazy, but I'm going to do it. So weird, but at least it gave me something to do. I probably drank black coffee, then moved on to greater challenges and ate an entire black licorice candy. She says, anise is the devil's flavor with no effect. Wow, can you believe it? So after she dared to have coffee with nothing in it, she then ate a piece of licorice. Can you believe that? How she's t- pushing the limits of her body. Then I had an idea. What about spicy food? As a last hurrah before starting a diet, okay, the woman explained that she ordered some food from her t- favorite Thai restaurant. They had a spice scale of low, medium, adventurous, and native Thai, she said, revealing that she chose adventurous after briefly teasing the idea of going for native Thai. This is not, by the way, if you're watching. This is not a picture of her. This is just a picture of a woman with a hot pepper in her mouth. She says it was the weirdest experience ever. My entire body was sweating. My eyeballs were sweating. I could tell it was spicy and tell it was painful, but in this weird, removed way where it didn't really matter. Have any of you had coronavirus and done this? Have you, I? I've definitely eaten things when I was. I mean, I never dared to just have black coffee. I'm not an idiot. But I've definitely tried, like if you've ever had the flu or a really bad cold where you can't taste anything, I've tried tasting things. Uh, But that's it. She said that she started to feel a numb physical pain but decided to finish her meal anyway, as well as a marijuana edible because the meal was still the most exciting thing she'd done amid her 10-day isolation. So this is what she did. But then she said, here we are the day after and my delicate New England tummy. Let's stop right there. Um, my kids who are, uh, nine and 13 have grown out of using the word tummy. They don't use the word tummy stomach. Yeah. Not tummy. As an adult, I'm assuming this is an adult. I don't know why you would say tummy anymore. Tummy. Do you say tummy? Is this the thing you guys say? I want to hear in the chat if, uh, comments, if you guys say tummy still, maybe she's saying it to be cute. It's not cute. It's off putting, but I wanted to talk to her about this. I invited her to come on. I wanted to ask her why she used the word tummy and why she felt that drinking black coffee was an extreme way to taste, uh, to test her taste. Okay. So she says, uh, she says, my New England tummy is paying for yesterday's ego trip. Ego trip. How is this an ego trip? So I looked up the definition of ego trip because I wasn't sure that I had it right. And uh, here's, here's the definition of, an, of, of ego trip. An activity done in order to increase one's sense of self-importance. Uh, It says, if you say that someone is on an ego trip, you're criticizing them for doing something for their own satisfaction and enjoyment, often to show that they think they are more important than other people. So looking at those two different definitions from two different sources, it has to do with increasing your sense of self-importance, making you seem that you are better in some way than other people. So she drank black coffee, ate a piece of licorice, and then tried spicy Thai food. This was her ego trip. She felt superior to other people because she drank black coffee, had a piece of a black licorice, and then uh, ate some Thai food. These are not things regular people can do. She was very, very special for drinking the black coffee. And, and that resulted in, in her experiencing the feelings of an ego trip. My apartment only has one bathroom, and I have to coordinate trips with my mother so as to not put her at greater risk. I flew too close to the sun, folks, she admitted. So she's been having some digestive issues. I really want this woman to come on the show. If anyone can reach out to her and invite her on the show. Okay, we have some people in in the uh, comments here. Uh, Oh, Keith, he says, This black coffee makes my tummy hurt. Very good. Zach says, maybe belly is more acceptable. Definitely ex on the tummy. Belly? I feel like you can use the term belly. Belly of the beast? Underbelly? That's a good word, belly. But tummy is reserved for the littlest of children. Uh, Sandy says, tummy is not a word we used in my house since before my kid hit pre-adolescence, she's being cutesy in relating the tale of her ego tripping. Um, Sandy, do you think that it was an ego trip? Does this qualify as an ego trip? I don't feel like it is. You could say that this show is my ego trip. Yes, you could say that, and you might not be wrong, but eating Thai food, a piece of licorice, and drinking black coffee, if that's an ego trip, boy, I'll tell you. Okay. Now, here's something that's weird. This is a weird one. Peter Jackson has been remastering the six Middle Earth movies. He's been doing them in 4K. That's cool. I I know I'm a sucker for those kinds of things, and we do have a 4K TV in the house, and so I'm probably going to have to get these because my kids love these movies almost, as much as I do, maybe more. But he said that uh, he discovered visual inconsistencies in the uh, Lord of the Rings movies. He was saying that basically, you know, 15 years uh, ago, he's back at it remastering, but he said, he said, going back and revisiting these films, because I realized how inconsistent they were. And that's due to the way in which the Lord of the Rings trilogy was first shot 20 years ago. Jackson says in a new video interview, he said, um, The Lord of the Rings was shot on 35mm. The color timing was done in an old-fashioned photo-mechanical way for the first Lord of the Rings movie. Then we switched to digital color timing for the 35mm for the next two. Being able to tweak individual colors, we just couldn't do 20 years ago, so it's fun having all the toys now. So apparently he's going, and then he talks more in this article about how The Hobbit was made years later with different, yet different technology. So all of these films don't look like they were filmed the same way. They were, they, they seem different. They look different and he doesn't like that. So he wants them to have one consistent look. If that's all he's doing, I think we're going to be okay with this. But if he starts to get a little George Lucasy and starts to change things that aren't just color timing and that kind of thing, people are going to be a little upset. I'm just, I'm just warning him. People are just going to be a little upset. He said that, um, well, it's they're now available 4K Ultra HD on Blu-ray and digital via Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. Uh, so I don't have a Blu-ray player. And I can't buy a PlayStation 5 because all the bots are buying them. And I can't buy an Xbox because all the bots are buying them. But, hey, Robert, Robert says, tell me of the beast. I like that. Okay. Now, here is another story. I just, This is just so cool. I am such a sucker for these kinds of stories because I love space. started watching all the space movies I could with my kids. Uh, we're watching Gravity right now. The first 25, 30 minutes of gravity are so intense. I I mean, I'm not even that much of a fan of the movie, but it it does pull you in, doesn't it? So the Hayabusa 2 is the spacecraft that went out. It landed on an asteroid. It scraped some of the rocks and dirt off the asteroid and sent the container back to Earth. And it landed on Earth. And we've got the samples now. Now, my serious question about this, and I'd love to hear, I know most of my audience is probably, you know, they're probably astronomers and that kind of thing. Uh, Most of you guys are. So I'd like to hear, you know, is this, do we need to worry about, you know, like alien spores or life or whatever being on the asteroid? And now are we all going to become some other kind of creature are we all going to die do we not have to worry about it do they keep it sealed what if the container cracked and went into the ocean and then affected the plankton and then the fish and then we catch the fish and we eat the fish and now we're affected i don't, I don't know i'm a little concerned uh but anyway there's a little video here that we'll try playing to see how this goes oh okay it's showing the space capsule it's showing people pointing at the space capsule which has the uh samples it's just showing people oh, in the uh, uh, very excited uh, about the things that they're seeing and it says there was joy after the safe landing near Woomera South Australia Woomera South Australia okay Another topic, another thread that you guys hear me talk about a lot on this show is privacy concerns and what companies and governments are doing regarding privacy. Tell me what you think of this one. Police are having a pilot program that will live stream Amazon Ring cameras. Okay, do you remember that scene in—I forget which Batman movie it was, which Nolan Batman movie it was. Maybe, Keith, if you're still on, you can tell um, me—where— Batman uses the Bat computer, or uh, I, I think it must have been the Bat computer, to tap into every cell phone in Gotham, so that he could use them to turn on their cameras and pinpoint where the Joker was or where were whatever was happening was. I don't remember which movie it was. It's it's kind of sounds a little bit like that. This is the article again. I don't need all this on EFF.org. I don't need this kind of writing. It's not necessary. Just give me the facts. Just give me the facts. That's all that I need. It, was it the Dark night, Elwyn? Okay, Keith and, and both of them say it was Dark night. Okay. All right. Yeah, and Brianna uh, or Brienne. I don't know why. I know, Brienne. I don't know what is going on with, with this today. I did not have as much caffeine as usual, and I don't have much but something is, go- is going on wrong. Maybe I need to do the show at 10, and if I do it at 1, I get messed up. I did eat tacos right before this, and maybe all the blood is going to my digestive system. I promise I'm not having a stroke. Brianne says, andromeda strain in real life. Yes, exactly. Or Brianna, whatever. I'll call anyone whatever I feel like today. But here's this, I'm disappointed in in this article because I don't want all this fluff. I'm just going to read the article because it it pains me. It pains me, and I want to pain you with it. This is not a drill. Red alert. These are the first words of the article. This is not a drill. Red alert. The Police Surveillance Center in Jackson, Mississippi, will be conducting a 45-day pilot program to live stream the security cameras, including Amazon Ring cameras, of participating residents. Now, the key here is participating residents, but still, imagine if there was a way that you were automatically opted into this unless you opted out to it. And now, basically, they're turning your ring camera into a CCTV camera, a closed circuit television camera, so that the police could see. I mean, then they don't have to buy surveillance equipment. They don't have to install it. They've got it. You've done it for them. They can use that ring camera on the front door of your house or the back door of your house, and they can see everything that they need to see. Are you okay with that? Do you want people to be able to see who comes and goes? What if it stops crime? What if it stops, uh, as John Roderick would say, um, porch surfers or porch pirates—people who steal the packages off your front door? What if it stopped that? What if it put a complete end to that? Would would it be okay then? So what if they know that your neighbors, you know, came over to borrow a cup of sugar, uh, or that you know your friends came over uh, during COVID and they shouldn't have? Uh, Maybe they know what time you come and go every day or what your kids look like. I don't know. But it is a, it is a pilot program. It allows Ring owners to patch the camera streams from their front doors directly to police real-time crime center. The footage from your front door includes you coming and going from your house, your neighbors taking out the trash, the dog walkers and delivery people who do their jobs in your street. In Jackson, this footage can now be live streamed directly onto a dozen monitors scrutinized by police around the clock. Even if you refuse to allow your footage to be used that way, your neighbor's camera pointed at your house may still be transmitting directly to the police. What do you think about that? Next story. Apple apparently is going to be coming out with new Mac chips for the introduction as early as 2021 that will outperform Intel's fastest CPUs. Now, people are talking about how fast the M1 CPU is, and it is very fast, but they're now saying that they're going to have something even faster and they're going to come out with it in 2021. Pretty cool. (laughs) And of course, After the announcement, Intel shares slide 2.9% and Apple shares were up 1.3% because of a rumor that maybe they're going to have some faster chips next year. And if you think the stock market makes any sense and isn't emotional, you'd be wrong. All right. Now, here is the coolest thing I've seen in a while. If you're just listening, you can't see it, so I'll describe it to you. Brian Rommel tweet's instant structure done and this is this cool it it looks like something that would like a cargo container almost that would be lifted off the back of a ship or a truck and it it's all folded up and you unfold it with like a hoist attached to it and uh you stretch out the middle with a little beam and then you raise up these two exterior walls and boom now you have like a portable office a portable room a portable thing I love it. I think this is the future of the world. It's just every, and you want to move it? You just you just pick it up and move it. Confused. All right, hold on. You heard that sound. Do you hear that sound? It's a little, little sneak peek of my final story. When I was a boy, there used to be this weird five-minute long or less show that would come on PBS that was called, uh, I think it was called The Stargazer, and then it had some other names, and the guy who hosted it, his name was Jack Horkheimer and it was a um, I don't know if this was just in Florida or just if it made it outside of Florida but every day for like five minutes this guy would come on and he would tell you about like what was going on in the sky that night if it was a full moon or a new moon, if there was Jupiter was visible, if you could see Mars in the sky or whatever and he would talk about all this and it had, Uh, this music and he would come on and talk in a very sort of interesting, affected way. And I thought it would be fun to just play a little clip of this so that you too may have this uh, in your head at all times. Yeah. Star Hustler. Confused by the cosmos. Can't tell a planet from a star. Then give us just five minutes and we'll show you what they are. Jack Horkheimer, because stargazer, director of the Miami Space Transit Planetarium, tells you all about the night sky, and the biggest show of all, the universe. And now, this week's episode... In like a lion, out like a lamb, and how to find them in March's skies. Greetings, greetings, fellow Stargators, and boy, don't you just love spring. I mean, although I really love them, so what you can't see winter, unless I you're watching, because really- you should be, is that he's sort of standing on a on a planetary ring, on like he's like standing on uh, on uh, like a a ring of Saturn, as he tells us, and when he comes on, he kind of walks around on the ring. <laughs> I always loved this. This is such a such a weird, cool show that's so very like a seventies, eighties thing. But I had to ask on Twitter for help finding this. Um but apparently this was when he was doing in ninety eight. He was still doing this in the late nineties. Who knew? Anyway, that's all I've got for you today it was a slow news day or a slow news weekend. But uh yeah, people in the chat are saying they remember they remember him. Yeah, it would be a fun podcast. I'm sure there's one like this. So anyway, if you have any links, yeah, of course. Uh, Three, two, one, contact. It's the answer. It's the reason, Scott, why everything happens. Good show too. We should do that. So if you want me to talk about your old shows or weird commercials, weird cartoons, you got to send them in. I'm looking for audience participation. Uh, that's what I'm looking for. Uh, you know, I think there was one more one more link, maybe. Yeah, there's one more link we got to do, and this is a cool one, and this is uh, Brienne who sent this one in. Uh, SETI astronomers are betting us a cup of coffee. Now, wait a second. Hopefully, it's not a black cup of coffee, because nobody could drink that if they have a sense of taste or smell. So, sorry, SETI astronomers, but a SETI astronomer is betting you a cup of coffee that we find aliens by 2036. That's amazing. Many of us, I think, will still be kicking in 2036, don't you? Still around, ready to see the aliens. SETI astronomer and astrophysicist Seth Shostak is convinced that humans will become aware of an intelligent extraterrestrial civilization by 2036. If he's wrong, he will buy you a cup of Starbucks coffee. Quote, The city doubles in speed roughly every two years because the speed is largely dependent on computers. He said he told the debrief in an interview last week. So just follow Moore's law, and you know, I bet everybody a cup of Starbucks that we'll find something by 2036. And uh, basically, there are all kinds of signals. There are all kinds of bizarre sounds that that come in, and we analyze those. And uh, he says, we don't sit in front of the computers and look at the data. That would be kind of like watching millions of TV channels at the same time, almost the way that Batman did when he hacked into everybody's cell phone in the movie The Dark Knight. As computers become faster, SETI can actively monitor more channels simultaneously. A a universe is a big place. And his (laughs) process—who writes this? And as processing power becomes faster, SETI computers can observe more of it. Shostak hinges his prediction upon Moore's Law, a half-century-old theory postulated by Intel's co-founder, Gordon Moore, that assumes processing speed for a computer will double every two years. While some in the tech industry have claimed that Moore's Law is no longer applicable due to changes in design, quantum computing, and even nanobiotechnology, the theory is still generally accepted. It's responsible for the speed at which technological development has occurred over the last several decades. So, here is a thing... Um, I will just say quantum computers could do this very, very quickly once we figure out how to use them. So this is another thread. Pay attention to quantum computers. As soon as we get a quantum computer that can really solve real problems, we point them at this. We're going to find them aliens before 2036. I tell you. Elwin says, you still planning your podcast about aliens, Dan? Yes, I am. And I have a list of people that I would like to interview for it. I have a name for the show. I have some music for the show. I'm working with a very talented designer to uh to do the show art. So the short answer or long answer is yes. It will be here. Don't worry. Never fear. It's a passion of mine and it is happening. But that's it. That's all I got for you today. So be sure to like, subscribe and click the bell so that you get a notification when I do the show live. I would love to have Thousands of people, millions of people tuning in every morning. And the only way I can get there is if you help me. How do you do that? When you see the notification or the tweet go out, please retweet it. Just retweet it. That's all I'm asking you to do. Uh find this show in iTunes. I think it's in iTunes. And uh it is. And uh subscribe to it there, even if you don't use iTunes. Oh, what's Apple Podcasts now? I'm sorry you know, like the show anywhere you can. It makes a big difference, but that retweeting or sharing it with people, oh, you should check out this show. Dan does that every morning. And why don't you listen, listen in together. We're all isolated right now. This is our chance to hang. So make it so. And, uh, that's all I've got for you today. We'll be back tomorrow.